Hello, welcome to Don't Call Me Exotic. I'm O-N-E-O. I'm a DJ, radio presenter, and promoter. This is the podcast where I invite people in the creative field to come talk to me about diversity, culture, personal experiences of racism, both in life and in their careers. I'd like to welcome my next guest, my friend, and my favorite go-to tattoo artist of all time, Clara Sinclair. Sweet. <laughs> End of podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, I'm super excited that you're here. We've obviously spoken personally about mm. our joint experiences with racism, but I wanted to have you on because you've made a massive professional change recently yeah. Yeah. Um, in your field. But firstly, would you like to introduce yourself and oh. kind of where you grew up and what your background is? Yeah, um, so hi, I'm Clara Sinclair and uh, I tattoo in East London currently. Um, I was born in Leeds and then I grew up, oh my God, I'm so nomadic. I grew up um, pretty much all around the Northwest. So we moved quite a lot. I then uh, came to London to for uni and then tr- pretty much stayed here. Like, so I'm not going to give my age away, but that was a... <laughs> well, that 21, was a, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was like two years ago. Um, but yeah, and I just stayed here. I love London and I think I'll stay here for a really, really long time. So yeah, I'm I'm Northern girl at heart. How was it? like growing up so what your background is Chinese yes and you're English yes. yeah my mum is Chinese but she's uh what she calls BBC British born mm-hmm. Chinese yeah uh, but she's the only one of her siblings that is or was born here so uh yeah so there's a, a nice kind of like clash of cultures really yeah. yeah and you're an only child I am yeah very much an only child <laughs> As Gav likes to tell me all the time. (laughs) How was it like growing up mixed race in the North? I don't think I realised how weird it was until I got older. Like, (laughs) everything that I went through, I pretty much thought that everybody went through the same thing. Yeah. Um, Where I grew up, it was in a lovely little place northwest, and... I went to literally a school that was like Hogwarts. It was the craziest little school in the world. It's closed (laughs) down now, actually. I'm really, really upset about it. But yeah, it was this beautiful kind of like Tudor house. And it was just amazing. But I swear, like we had like one token Asian girl and one black guy. And we didn't have a lot of mixed race people there. So, but it was kind of strange because I didn't really see like any difference anyway. And you don't mm-hmm. as a kid, you know, you're you're beautifully open-minded. So when I grew up, I didn't realize that it was like predominantly white until I looked back and was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like growing up, I didn't really have like many Asian friends yeah. or any friends that were like my like I looked at my mum and thought there's not many people around like my mum mm-hmm. then I didn't see my mum as like different compared to everyone else so it's that kind of juxtapose of yeah you don't realize until you're older like yeah. what about you like <sighs> strange isn't it yeah I mean I'm lucky that I grew up so I grew up in Toronto in quite a mixed school there okay. were loads of um, different cultures and a lot of people who weren't from Canada as well that immigrated to Canada. So I feel lucky enough that I was surrounded by such different cultures. That was kind of the norm for me. So I don't really remember the racism Mm -hmm. 
I remember microaggressions. Mm. Like I remember this kid, and I still remember this, and I was nine years old. And he was like, oh, you've got like a flat face. <laughs> and oh I was God. like, and at the time, you don't think that's a race thing. No. But, you know, I have experience, more experiences now and like have gone through more and more microaggressions. I'm like, well, that has to do mm-hmm. with how Asian faces mm. just are structurally. Yeah. And I, I think like because something like that is so awkward, we've learned to compensate and almost... For me, especially, I learned to just kind of like take the piss out of myself a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, oh yeah, I've got a moon face. Ha, ha that's really funny. Ha, ha look, you know. Uh, I thought egg, egghead, yeah, moon face. Like, yeah, yeah. Look, I, you know, I've got this and that, and um, yeah. it's just such a weird thing. Like when you get older and you're more aware of these microaggressions, mm-hmm. how you kind of turn it on its head really and be like, oh my god, I didn't realize how much as a child I, you know, just put up with mm-hmm. it because you don't realize you've got a completely different head when you're younger for me like I in school I remember it wasn't I didn't really get it in like primary school and or I don't really like remember but it wasn't until like secondary school and I remember like a guy in when I was in year eight he called me the c word <gasps> and like I didn't know what it was right. I was literally just like what's that because yeah. At that time, I was going through, like, you know, proper, like, goffy phase. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to talk to anyone anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, is that something to do with that? Like, I, oh I was completely God. unaware of So how did you find that. out that it was, <laughs> like, completely well, I just racist? Asked, I asked my mate, and I was like, what's oh. this? And he was like, oh, it's a word for science. I was like, but, like, I like being Chinese. Like, yeah. why is that a bad thing? Yeah. And then it wasn't until I asked my mum when I got home, because literally my, my mum's amazing. Like, mm. anything I can ask her, she's really open-minded. Yeah. She'll explain anything. Like, yeah, and I remember being like, what's this? And you could just see, like, the look on her face. She was like, okay, you know, I've never had to talk about this, but now is the time right. when you have to start educating your child and you have to be mm-hmm. like sit them down it's almost like the birds and bees talk but worse you know? <laughs> it's awkward enough racism already and... yeah um but, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like it's, it's awkward enough but and I remember like just seeing her face and just seeing like the disappointment oh. and the fact that like from her point of view trying to see her point of view as a mother as you know um like someone of color like having to educate your child about that it must be just so heartbreaking yeah. you know but as a child I was almost like a bit too resilient to the point where I didn't realize how it affected me until I like I got older yeah you come to realize how many decisions that you had to make based like a survival instinct and like not trying to take everything personally because you have to survive and you have to go to school with these people every day and yeah yeah it's difficult and I think some of those decisions I still have to make now like you have to pick your battles yeah yeah, but I remember the guy, like, he called me a couple of times, so after the oh first time, <laughs> but the thing is, it's so weird, because I remember thinking, is he being, like, is he doing that thing where, like, he likes you. he likes me, so yeah. he's just being an absolute, like, yeah. asshole, or is this an actual thing, and I remember the teacher was actually really good about it, and, like, got us into, like, a room together, and he, and she was like, well, why are you calling her this, and yeah. you know that it's not good, and you could see like the look on his face where he actually didn't understand what he was saying. So that okay. behavior has been taught to him 
either through parents. Yeah, he's like copying he's it. Heard some, yeah. He's heard that from somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's dangerous as well because when you're that young, I, you know, looking back on it, I can't give that like guy a hard time because he's learned it from somewhere. But also kids are like sponges. They mm -hmm. pick up everything. Also, they can be almost like trained out of that bad behavior. So, you know, I never look at that experience as like a bad thing like horrible situation that's like the pinnacle of like yeah. my life changing but I do remember it and it still has an impact like yeah, of course. sometimes you think about yeah. it like you'll be in the shower and you'll be like having the best time and you think then you flip back and you're like oh my god like yeah. someone's actually called me that yeah how dare they I no, wish I could go back in time and like punch him in the face or like throw my ruler at him that would be great but yeah. you know well, because sometimes I think I you know I'm putting makeup on or whatever I'm like oh I do have such a moon face I'm like no why first of all why is that even a negative thing <laughs> right having a I round face well having a round face why is that a, why is that a bad thing yeah you know like yeah. these adjectives that we give or comparisons that we give to asian mm -hmm. features for mm -hmm. beauty or whatever why are they a negative thing yeah yeah why is it look who decided yeah. that having a round face was yeah bad thing i think it's cute and youthful like I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I think Asian features to me are just absolutely outstanding. Like, and I'm, you know, obviously being mixed race, I always wanted to look more like my mum anyway, because I think she's like an absolute goddess. I love my mum. But um, shout out mom. Yeah, she's awesome, and she's like the most beautiful person inside out and out. I know. So growing up, I just wanted to be like her anyway, and almost like looking back now being a bit frustrated why I wasn't like more Chinese looking you know but now I think growing older I've learned to like embrace both sides awesome. but also be so fucking proud of my mum and what she went through you know like she's she's awesome yeah she's, I remember she's you tough. speaking about how you felt a bit worried for her oh my god yeah especially in the past year and like yeah. I felt the same terrified in yeah. my family are all in toronto right now um yeah. thankfully they're kind of in like the korea town mm -hmm. of toronto there's a korea town well like i and, i mean it's just where all the koreans go <laughs> oh my god you've, but like you've they're, they're kind of they're you know surrounded by a lot of koreans i want to go there Take yeah me. No, <laughs> i miss it but so in that sense i am kind of you know comforted by the fact that they're not yeah just like completely like sticking out like sore thumbs mm. but I definitely worry your mom is still in Leeds mm. no, no she's she's, she's in South London now oh, yeah and like the beautiful thing about London moving here is that I feel very blessed that we've got a multitude of like you know beautiful cultures all in one spot like I feel as a city you can travel the world by just being here um oh. that's awesome right so but the thing is, is like with my with my mum, it's because I'm an only child as well. Like I worry about her constantly anyway. But when this all kicked off with the Asian hate, not only we've got COVID to worry about, mm -hmm. but now with this Asian hate, it's like, oh my God, you realise like how mortal we are in a strange way. Like, you know, you realize how my mum's not getting younger, she's getting older, and I just want her to have the best life, and that's what we that's what we want for our friends, family, for everyone. So when there's so much, like, hatred against Asians, which 
A, I don't understand anyway. It's not like I've got COVID in my back pocket and I just like invented it and been like, oh, right, I think I'm going to like infect the world now. Great. Sarcasm, guys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I just, I just don't understand how someone can have that much hate for not only tarring everyone with the same brush or have that much hate for a race. Like I'll never understand that. I never understand racism. I never understand hatred. So, yeah, I've just been overly worrying about my mum, like, and also as well, she's got, like, comments in the street, which absolutely heartbreaking, oh which she should never have to deal with anyway. Like, don't get me wrong, like, my mum is the most resilient person because she has dealt with racism in the past, but this is different, mm -hmm. you know, when you ha haven't been going out as much and then as soon as you go out of your house, you're yeah, like Yeah, your anxiety then, levels are already yeah, high and then yeah. to add to that add a racial element it's just like for I'll never understand it I do believe you know every cloud has a silver lining and as much as we're going through all this shit you know people are now talking about racism and you know we had the BLM movement it's good that people are talking about that Asian hate you know especially what happened in International Women's Month as well, like people are talking now, there's now an open dialogue, which I feel is amazing because we didn't have that before. Yeah, I feel like definitely this is the first time in my life where I can be vocal about all of this and yeah. I feel like I have a space in order yeah. to be heard because mm -hmm. before up until this moment and as much as I hate that it's taken something like horrible yeah. events for us to then be able to talk about things, mm. but... It's the first time that I genuinely feel like I can open this dialogue with people, start this podcast, you know, yeah. do these things because I feel like people want to talk to other people about their experiences. And mm. yeah, this is definitely the first time I've felt comfortable enough. Mm. Mm. Um, but it has to come at a time that you're comfortable doing it as well, because talking about these things is not the easiest. Like it's really it's hard. It's exhausting. <laughs> it's horrible. And sometimes when you find that little bit of strength to talk about it like it's amazing like you've flourished in that aspect like you've become so strong with it and like even I feel when I've been having a really tough time with it I can just call you and be like Annie Aww. help me but one of the reasons <laughs> yeah. so the guests that I've had come on this podcast are people who under these circumstances and having going through racism and sexism mm -hmm. and all of that mm -hmm. they've been able to stealing your word but flourish in their own way yeah and when you told me that you had to leave mm. your studio in order to stick up for yourself essentially yeah. Yeah. I'd like I needed to speak to you yeah yeah that's like a difficult one because obviously it's hard talking about it but when you've had time to sit back and think because like I'm working all the time like as much as you are like you know we're hard workers to our own detriment, sometimes we work too much and then you don't have time to think about anything. So this lockdown has been good in the aspect of thinking about like what you want in life, um, what makes you happy. And almost like, I hate to call it selfish because it's not selfish, um, for want of a better phrase, but I feel like it's time to just think about what makes us happy. And also like you realize, especially when this Asian hate thing came about, like, how many people are there for you and how many people aren't mm. you know like I like to think that with my friends I'm like the first person if someone's got 
an issue or if they if, if say if I fucked up in some way I'd want someone to tell me like hey you haven't been there for yeah you want, you want to, I feel like good yeah. friends hold friends accountable for yeah things. like accountability not like you know yeah cussing them out but um yeah I just realized even friends I haven't even like you talk to once in a blue moon they contacted me and like they know my mom's Chinese and me as a half Chinese person, I like to call myself a half Chinese, but um, mm. half Chinese geezer. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, the people who didn't contact me, I was a little bit, I was very hurt about it, actually. Like, yeah. two of my really, like, I would I would have held them in such high regard, like my two best friends, they, they didn't contact me at all. And I had to think about it. I was like, you know what? Like, why didn't mm-hmm. they contact me? And not only that, it was everything that happened in International Women's Month. Like, you know, um, that Sarah Everard, the poor girl, and, you know, the, the kids that were all going missing. It was just horrendous. So not once did they check in. And I thought, you know what? I try and look at it like maybe they're going through their own stuff as well. Maybe I'm being selfish. But then when I pulled them up about it, the first thing that one of my best friends said to me was, I don't do politics. Bearing in mind that I worked with him as well and I was just, like, absolutely heartbroken. I was like, you don't do politics. Like, do people not matter to you? But that is the epitome of privilege. But I'm not asking, excuse my French, who the fuck you voted for. I'm asking you as a man, as a colleague, as a brother for like like a little bit of solidarity and when I was met with that comment I was so shook it just completely broke down my foundations of like our friendship yeah and then they mess like two of the guys messaged me after and were like oh you know um, I'm really sorry we weren't there for you and you know what like fair enough they were like okay you're like sorry we weren't there and we'll try and do better And then after that, it was just nothing. And I was like, okay, fine. I was trying to like put it aside and put it aside. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I just think I'm done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I'm done. And these were people you worked with for years. Well, not only that, um, people I worked with, people who I fucking loved and thought that I would grow up and I would see their kids grow up and I would be there in their life and I'll be present for everything and like I would share my life with these people but yeah it really sucked and really really hurt but sometimes you just have to be a little bit selfish and be like you know what this isn't working for it's us not right even now selfish though yeah no but we it's like so of, yeah. it's like self-preservation yeah. and yeah. if someone was being a dick to you like a yeah. friend was just being an asshole it wouldn't be selfish for you to be like, you're an asshole, get out of my life. The thing is, it was so much more than just this, even though, like, you know, race is a big part of it. But for me, I feel as a tattooer, as a woman, as someone who runs a business, because, you know, tattoos are self-employed. So I feel that I have a duty to make people feel safe that come into the shop as tattooers we put people in a very vulnerable situation of pain like you know it's really rare that people like someone sees you in pain it's very vulnerable and you have to feel safe so I'm constantly 
trying to do the best that I know how to, but make people feel like they're safe, they're welcome, you know, they come in and make them a cup of tea, like you talk about their day, how are you, make sure the temperature's right, make sure you've got their music, you know, yeah. playing. And or, you've tattooed me on a number yeah, of occasions and I yeah. can, yeah. So it's just the little things <laughs> like that. But um, yeah, I just, all those things matter. And when I had time to like think about everything, I just was like, I think I'm ready to just go private. You know, I just, it has just come at a good time. I think. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like coming out of a pandemic, yeah, coming out of the year that we've had in terms of like racism and obviously like being a woman, is just mm. like a lifelong battle yeah. um, for you to take a chance and like just say, fuck it. And I'm just going to do it on my own. Like the fucking amazing of you like it's just something I believe in and um I just believe that everyone should be treated fairly and I just like the fact that race is just uh, I just never I just never understand it every cloud is a silver lining and them doing those comments and saying those comments to me sorry um it just made me realize that you need to have people in your life who like hold you up but also like you know are there for you when you really really need them not just oh you know we only care about money we just want people like one in one out and just give me money I don't care I always care about my customers and the fact that like you don't care about people of color you don't care about like Asian hate BLM you don't like you haven't said anything about it it's just disgusting to me yeah you know, and I, but the thing is, I understand if some people don't feel confident talking about it, because yes, it is a really hard subject, but if you run a business, if you run a business where you put people in a vulnerable situation, you have a duty to make sure your clients are comfortable, yeah. happy, secure, safe, yeah. women, men, like non-binary, everyone, trans, you know. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah, why, like, you know, recently I, there was no other person that I wanted to do these yeah. tattoos for me. It's, I got my Korean name in both Korean and English tattooed on my wrists. And you, of course, did that. Yeah. And when I was getting it done, we were talking about how, you know, a few years ago mm. to have Korean writing on me tattooed, yeah. that just wouldn't have happened. Yeah. I don't really understand that now. Because yeah. I feel so con so much more connected to my Korean culture now. But yeah, 10 years, two, five, 10 years ago, mm. you wouldn't have caught me dead with that. I think like we've gone the opposite way, isn't it? We're going to be like more Asian now. No, we, I we know, even said to each other. I, I, feel like, I feel like I need to make up for the lost time because yeah. I've like made that part of myself so mm. small because I wanted to assimilate I wanted to fit in mm. so I just never really embraced that mm -hmm. when it's really the part of me that I need to nurture mm. and love the most yeah which is why I wanted to get my Korean name oh, tattooed because so cute. I mean it first started like I think a year ago where I got a necklace that had my Korean name mm -hmm. but like I would almost be embarrassed when people saw my government name yeah like if I if I had flatmates and Obviously, I had to get bills and stuff sent, mm -hmm. and it said my full Korean name. Yeah, I, I didn't want people to know, mm -hmm. and that's so sad when I think about it. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna get it tattooed on my yeah, wrist so girl. everyone can see <laughs> who I am. This is me, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, I've spoken to people about how that they identify 
with their Korean or Chinese name to their English name or the name that they chose or mm. what was chosen for them. Mm. And like, I, I feel like equal connection mm-hmm. to both. That's awesome. But I know that we were talking about names and our relationship to our mm. names. And you said that you had... Yeah, well, my middle name is Chinese. Yeah. Um, but I remember my mom telling me about when um, when her family moved from China in the 60s. They went to Leeds and... She, I remember her telling me about like they like she has a Chinese real name, but um, we say real name. But um, yeah, she's got an English name. And I remember as a kid, like not thinking that was strange because mm-hmm. it was like a given. Yeah. And I remember asking her, like, why do you change your name? It's like because people just weren't couldn't pronounce it or it's just easier for people to say this name instead of that name. And I just remember being like, hmm. Why do you have to change your name for right? anyone? Yeah. And then do you think, like, do uh, expats, when they go abroad, do they change their name if yeah. they have an English name? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not, yeah. I think, but I think it's so beautiful when someone's actually, like, taking the time to learn your name properly, but also, like, know a little bit about your culture. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your middle name? <laughs> Wylan. Wylan? Yeah, Wylan. But it's my mum's you know real name and like I've always really been proud of it it's actually quite funny um I think it means like beautiful flower or something oh. and my mum's always like yeah I'm like the beautiful flower you're the little weed so I'm like, yeah thanks mum love you oh, wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah mum's saying how it is but um yeah. <laughs> just keeping it real yeah <laughs> but yeah I'm really like proud of that and um I'm really you know I do want to like embrace it a lot yeah. more because I think it's beautiful but going back and to, we're lucky you know, to have all these names <laughs> right I think I've got like eight million by now <laughs> but um yeah and I think like but it was always a catch-22 especially growing up as half English half Chinese you never really know what side to embrace if anything which side to embrace more um obviously growing up as western mm-hmm. We still like abbreviate Western, but um, did you ever hear yeah. the term banana? Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> yellow on the outside, white on the inside. Oh my god, that is me. I'm like banana split though, because I've got like I'm like extra, so I'm like. <laughs> but like, I think it's amazing that you have both cultures that you can. Yeah, have. I love it. Yeah, I mean, because I, I always, it. I always thought that was not a negative, but it was always something that I had to explain, and I still mm. do. Like, where are you from? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm British now. Mm. No, where are you from? Yeah. Where's your accent from? No, where are you from? Oh, that's from. Toronto. No, but like, where are you from? From where? Where are your family from? Yeah. Did you? Where are your yeah. ancestors from? I get that as well. I'm like, where are your ancestors oh from? Oh god. Yeah. Why do you think that you deserve and are entitled to knowing my full fucking history? <laughs> I'm in London. That's all you need to know. But I don't know whether you've ever got this, but my mum certainly got this where, um, because my mum's got a really thick Yorkshire accent and Mm. she's like, yeah, right, well, you know, yeah, she starts talking and then like some people will be like, yeah, oh my God, what? She can speak English? Northern? Yeah. It's like, yeah, dude. Why is that that a weird thing? I can read too. Yeah, (laughs) I can read and write. (laughs) 
but yeah no i get that a lot but i think a lot of people they're like oh you're american like yeah yeah i'm just so sick of talking about it because i'm just like Mm. i wish i just had like a card and i just give it out it's like yeah i was born in korea yeah grew up in toronto yeah and now i'm british like when like how old are you when you moved to toronto six Oh, baby, honey. Yeah. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> it's weird because going from just seeing Korean people yeah. to moving to Canada. Like, I remember one of my first memories of walking around downtown Toronto where we were living at the time and just seeing, like, blonde people. Mm-hmm. Like, I never saw blonde hair. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking down at my hair and I had this, like, you know, beautiful, long black hair. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, like, why is my hair not blonde? Mm. And then, like... At the time, I never really, like, obviously then, and then growing up, I, like, I've told that story a few times, Mm. and only now am I realizing, oh, so I felt different from, like, from the jump. Yeah. Like, I landed, and I was like, oh, I'm different. Yeah. But, like, obviously, I didn't comprehend that until even just, like, recently. Didn't understand that those feelings started without me even realizing what was happening. Mm. And I think, I remember like when I dyed my hair blonde for the first time and my mum pulled me inside and she was like, are you denying your heritage? <gasps> oh my God, I love your mum. So my mum does not take any shit from anyone. She literally, she's Northern. She says how it is. And this is where I've got it from. I but it. I remember her, yeah, saying that. And I, I, I remember I thought, I was like, no, I just, I just really want blonde hair. Like... I was dyeing my hair, like, all the colours under the sun, but it was only the blonde. She was like, are you ashamed to be, like, half Chinese? I was like, never. If anything, one thing that my mum taught me is, like, never be ashamed of who you are, but also, like, stand up for yourself, stand up for what you believe in as well, you know? So... Oh, my God. I just like blonde hair. mum on the pod? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just love blonde hair, and I just just love it. Yeah. Just want to be, like, mother of dragons, so... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but I think, like, going back to the shop thing, like, there was so, there's a number of different factors why um, I left, but I'm coming up to, like, 10 years of tattooing now, and I just literally want to have, like, hone my, hone my skills a bit more, but also just, like, create a better environment and more of a personalised experience for my clients. Not, it wasn't just about, the Asian hate but that did make me realize I think it was like the final kick Mm -hmm. or the final like just push off the mountain that I was like you know I just I just have to do things for myself because it's all well and good working with other people and having a nice experience but those I just couldn't get over the comments and I think I don't want to be somewhere where I'll end up like hating everyone I just want to leave and yeah, just work for myself now. Like, I'm getting old, you know. I don't want any drama. I no, can't deal babe, with it anymore. No, we're getting younger. <laughs> it's like, hello. Um, how's it been, like, venturing so out on your good. own? Oh, my God. Like, I love it so that's much. Because like, like, going out self-employed to becoming self-employed is mm. one way. Yeah. And then doing it yourself is, like, yeah. yeah. how can you get even more... I, I love it. Yeah, I think um, it was scary, like, taking the leap. But then once you've done it, it is the most liberating thing. Like, I have the best time with my customer. But also as well, like, I can have that time but focus on my customer as well. Because, you know, 
we might be doing a painful spot and then I can put their favorite, you know, song on and, and yeah. we can you laugh through really it. Good music. Oh, or like, lie. you know, I can play a little bit of Eye of the Tiger, like Rocky <laughs> moment and get them through it. But um, yeah, um, it's just been amazing. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. Nice little safe space where, let me tell you now, everyone is welcome. Yes. Doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you've been through, you are fucking welcome and you always will be welcome. And it'll be like a lovely this little place. This is why like. you are my forever <laughs> tattoo artist. And I'm getting more and more, so yeah. I'm going to be oh coming God. back more and more. You got like a, well, the last session you got like I got sleeves. six. <laughs> I got six. She's on a roll. Listen, lockdown's been long. I've been coming up with ideas and then yeah, the Korean name I had yeah, to that's so beautiful. Thank I you had for to asking get. me to do that. Oh my god, no, it's super emotional. Um just to even seeing like Korean writing on me is like it's a nice reminder. It's like not, not that you need a reminder, but it is a nice reminder when you look down, you're like, Oh my god, I'm and how far so like proud. I, yeah. I've come in like this kind of journey. Someone said to me that it's all well and good to not be racist but in this day and age you have to be very outwardly anti-racist and especially I feel like as a business you have to be like that you have to say something you have to say your stance because not only are you making your customers feel safe you are telling the world that this is not okay we are not down with this like this is unacceptable behavior and that's not much to ask for. A little post to say, you know, this behavior is not acceptable. We're not racist. You know, we're putting everything in place to make sure that people feel comfortable with us at our shop, uh, at my shop, whatever it is. It's just, I don't understand why that's such a big ask. And I never will. Like, that's all it takes. It just makes you realize, like, you just can't be neutral. You, you can't. can't be neutral. And I hope places and companies and mm. conversations that people are having in the workplace, like, I hope it is shifting that way. Yeah. And hopefully it isn't just all performative. Mm. I don't know. But then to not even be performative, it's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, read the room. Mm. But I think, like, like, I was trying to like I was trying to make excuses for them in the aspect of like oh they never have to deal with that they never have to do this never have to do that but I just think like it's not that hard just to ask your mate or ask someone who's going for it right now check in with your friends you know how are you doing or do you need anything that's it a little bit of forethought a little bit of like caring and that's it that's yeah. not that much to ask for you can either wallow on it and you can be bitter and then you can let it eat you up or you can be like okay i've learned this this and this i'm gonna be a better person even if they choose not to be i'm gonna be a better person i'm gonna open my mind i'm gonna make the best out of a bad situation and how how is this opportunity gonna drive me forward into being a better business a better person so and that's literally what you've done yeah yeah but yeah thank you so much for coming on the pod oh, um you're you super me. inspiring and <laughs> the best tattoo artist of all time oh thanks <laughs> yay bye guys thank you so much for listening and thank you to clara i'll be back next week so make sure you subscribe follow and rate this show to keep posted on new episodes you can also get in touch with me at Don't Call Me Exotic Pod and at O-N-E-O on Instagram. Oh, and make sure you don't call people exotic. Bye.